Welcome to Nana Tings. For anyone that's listening to this episode, if you ever feel like you need help or need to talk to someone about a mental health crisis, I will be listing different numbers and different prevention organizations in the bio of this episode. So please do not feel afraid to call someone if you need help. And of course, if it is an emergency or something extreme, please call 911. Hey everyone, on today's episode, I'm joined by a special human, Megan. She is an amazing person and is my coworker, and I've been knowing her for five years. And this conversation was just gonna be about trauma and healing from it and how it affects our adulthood, right? But this conversation became bigger than what it was supposed to be in in the best way possible. So I hope y'all enjoy it. It's a very special conversation that we talk about very heavy and deep topics. So obviously I got to play some ads before. So grab your wine, champagne, tea, water, whatever that you want, maybe a blunt and edible and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Mono Road, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the things. Okay? It's Antonio here at Nana Tings. I have a special guest, one of my coworkers, bad bitch, hot and model, Miss Megan. What's up? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Nice intro. I was like, oh, bad bitch. That was wonderful. You are. You are. Um, I've worked with you for five years now, actually. Wow, damn. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And we always just have this energy of like knowing who you are, knowing your worth. and not state your opinion, but also being humble about it, which is hard <laughs> to have. I know, sorry, I'm like putting you on a pedestal right now, but like, <laughs> I just want to say I respect your bad Thank bitchery you. and I've always respected your makeup game and also your model game because your photos are fuego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll stop guessing you up. But <laughs> right, I'm like, oh, okay. Let's do this every day, just a little meeting. <laughs> yeah, a little therapy session. Hey, I'm here to help you out. Like, I want to get your endorphins up, girl. Let's get it. Uh, <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, but no, I'm really glad we decided to do this. I bumped into you, uh, what was it, like a month ago now? Two months ago at like that PT place? Yeah. And it just, it, it reminded me of just your fresh energy. I was like, yeah, hey. <laughs> I was like, no way. Right? Oh my God. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was just like such a really nice like thing to happen because like you feel you end up especially it's so funny especially in New York City you almost end up feeling like really alone a lot of the times yeah and you know you're just going you're 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 doing your physical therapy going to the chiropractor and I'm like okay I guess time to Antonio yeah I literally (laughs) was like like, (laughs) it was it was meant to be it was fate oh love it well, I have you on here for uh, a special topic, two special topics, actually. One just got added on, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, trauma and bonding, it is, I feel like it's a thing that we were talking about now in this in this era of life, right? Um, especially we're all getting older and we're all growing up together. So we're realizing that the past really does sometimes can dictate the future if you don't work on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Just agree. I'm agreeing. Yes, yeah. Please. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, it, it, where, if we could get into anything from the jump, do you want, is it more childhood trauma that you were like messaging me about or what, what trauma has impacted you in your adulthood? Oh my goodness. Honestly. So it's so funny because the way that my childhood played out was, uh, very religion based. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that is where I find a lot of my trauma bonding with people that are super, super close to me. We end up, we're talking, we're doing whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man, like when I was in fourth grade, my dad made us become born again Christians. And they're like, oh my God, like mate. <laughs> or, or it's like, oh, we were Mormon or, oh, we were the, and I'm like, well, look at us just having the same exact background because like, it's not the same exact, but it's like really similar. And so I, so essentially like I grew up until, I don't know, like fourth grade being Roman Catholic and full transparency, we would go to church um, like regularly, but it was, we really went to church when it was like Easter, Christmas and stuff like that. And my memories of that are really fond. I, I thought that the church was beautiful. I, I really, it was like kind of boring, but like I'm a kid, I don't know, I'm not paying attention. Um, but the music and, and, and the choir, and I really liked the, in my head when I'm little, the routine of it. And so then all of a sudden come to find out later when I'm an adult, my stepdad, who you'll hear me refer to as my dad, he, uh, he was searching and he had guilt and things like that, that he needed to work on. So he's like, oh, I'm gonna have my whole family do this instead of it being a journey for him. So we went on this born again Christian journey and it sucked and it tore my family apart. Um, I, and I always say this, my mom got to my logic, my logic brain before the church did. So she's the one that really instilled in me the, the type of person that I should be, that I, that I will want to be, that I will grow into. And I, and I thank the universe for that. And I say that because the church is fucked up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. I really have nothing to say because I feel like it us woke people we we know like i need people to i need other people to know yeah it's fucked up seriously and yeah and it's 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 hard because you're like it's it's baggage it mm -hmm. is and and you sit here and you're like oh my god like am i weird like am i am i odd am i thinking strangely is it weird that i'm like wow the elders and the people in the church make me feel weird they make me feel a certain way and 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 then when you get friends and you start to talk about stuff and experiences you're like oh my god no you felt like that too that's that's awesome like what was your journey how did you really like get out of it because I feel like a lot of times if you get to that point in that conversation with that new friend or whatever or even an old friend <laughs> they're out of it <laughs> they're not in that type of environment anymore and it forces you to really think for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think. <laughs> I, so you use actually trauma bonding as like a positive thing. Like you're using it as a yeah. way to 
see what, you know, what you can learn still and like what people went through, because, you know, some people could have a trauma bond relationship that's like so codependent and really toxic. So I'm really happy that you're able to do the other way, you know, constructively. Oh, but that took a long time for me to get into. I was going to say, I was like, that right now. I want to hear, yeah, keep keep the story then going. So like what happened in the teenage years with the church and all the things? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, so I'll, I'm going to, I'll say it like this. We, <laughs> my mom kind of told me like last year that we were kind of trashy and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? And she was like, oh, I'm just kidding. But I'm like, I don't know what you're kidding because at one point, they were looking at certain housing and I was like, why are we looking at housing like this? This is, uh, this is not the type of housing that I feel like we should be living in. And they're like, they being my parents were like, well, you know, we want to get you into a a better school. And I'm like, but if I, if we move into that, like parents at that, at their age, don't realize like, Hey, if you move into a trailer, and yes, you want to get me into a, like a really good school, school being high school, I will still get like really made fun of for yeah. something like that. And then I, I won't want to have friends. I won't want to have people come over. And it's not even a, a popularity thing at that time. At, in, in that moment, it's more of like a, just they're looked down upon. And it's not fair because like, there are some really, really, really nice double wide trailers mm-hmm. and you would never know but it's like it's anyway stigma that is different so my point is I had I had I really did even though we didn't like have a lot of money or whatever uh still don't have a lot of money but <laughs> at that time <laughs> I'm like uh, here <laughs> I, like, I, like literally in my 500 like, square foot apartment like I'm like um, back at my mom's right now saving money so girl I get it <laughs> oh my god I wish I could do that I really do because I would be like wow I wouldn't have to pay two thousand dollars to live it's, in fucking New York City I'm so over it like this I don't do it anymore so I, many things but I'm fucking over it okay can we just talk about that like yeah I don't want to, I, it's, I literally told my mom on the phone yesterday, cause we we're just chatting or whatever. And she does not like when I talk like this, but I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do the things that I don't want to do, which is. I'm on the same wave. Constantly, <laughs> like constantly being unhappy because of how much you have to pay for rent, how much you have to pay for food. God forbid you have a car, how much you have to pay for these things. And I'm like, you're so fucking stressed about this stuff that you literally never asked for. Like, and I tell her that and I'm like, I never, and she does not like, this. I'm like I, I didn't want to be bored. I, I was like, I didn't, I'm now I'm forced to do these things that I never, ever wanted. And she's like, Megan, don't say that. And I'm like, I'm just being honest with you. And she's like, okay, like, I mean, like, could, would you want me to not be honest with you, mom? But it's, no. it's the truth. I- I had this conversation yesterday with my mom. I'm screaming that you're talking about this right now. So I watched you know? the documentary, The Lottery of Life, and it talks about how uh, you're not, you know, you didn't choose to be born and you didn't choose your race, sexuality, or like all these things, if you're rich or you're poor. So if you look back at it, like in the early 1900s or late 1800s, whenever this was developed, like who chose to work nine to five? Who chose what's in our social study book? That's why sometimes we're blinded by world wars because we always think that America's innocent. 
And you know what I mean? Oh, like, that's a different. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just saying, we're not like, talking about that, but that is a very, very good. Point. I'm just saying, though, it overlays in the sense of like who chose what, like, you know, juicy contour outfits were going to be the thing in 2000. Who who taught us our frappuccinos <laughs> were like the drinking a one to get? You know what I mean? Like, who there, there's a top yep. tier of people, which is sad. It's like that one percent, literally the one percent that I think they have these like secret committee. I'm okay in my brain, I think they have. <laughs> This is a conspiracy theory, but I think we have meetings in the. I'm hospital. a sucker for a good conspiracy theory. Yes, and I think it's like eight of them, and I think they just plan of like, you know, they look at populations and they're gonna like pick what area is gonna be poor on purpose, and then like they do all this pricing. I don't know. I think they're ahead of everything. I and think I that like, yeah. In, in your in to your point, I really do feel like there is a group, an elite group, whatever you want, whatever anybody wants to call it, but there are people that do decide the fates of countries yeah demographics all of those things and i'm i'm right there with you it's it's it almost makes you feel crazy because you're like no things just happen and i'm like but there's too much that co coincides for things to just happen i don't think things especially like on that grand level i don't think that they just like oh they just happen and now we deal with them I think a lot oh. of those things are planned. Yeah, think about it. Like, think about trends in advertising. When companies like get really rich out of nowhere because it's hot for a year, it, there's no way just coincidentally a million people bought a jumpsuit. Like, I, no, there there is like liberal marketing. There is a lot of things that go into this. And I'm about to pull a V for Vendetta. Let me find their house. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm be like, I, you just brought such a good point. Like, why do we pay so much taxes? Or like, why do we work so much and then have our check goes to taxes? And then sometimes you owe back that year. You don't even get it back. I'm like- I have to pay more? Like now, like y'all took so much from me and now you want more from me? Ooh, I have, I literally have nothing literally. else to give. <laughs> you brought up such a good point because I also think people don't realize this triggers a lot of mental health issues. I have anxiety <laughs> and I take medicine for it, but the days I am broke, or a bill's catching up or my credit card is at a few thousands, I could be crippling in bed for an hour with anxiety. And it just, it fucking sucks where like, thank God I'm not depressive or suicidal, but I do feel bad for people that have that high extreme of depression because you're only like digging more in a hole. It's yeah. like, oh, you owe the IRS $600 this week. But then on top of that, you have like bills and then student loans. And it's like, do we ever just sit down and be like, it actually really is hard to be an American? Well, human in general, especially in America though, like, yeah, the amount of shit that goes on from racism's like crimes to murders to taxes, that's just everything. Like rent, I'm like, did I, I didn't ask for this? <laughs> it, it's really, it's really, really, really overwhelming. Because I don't want to just say stressful. Because like, yeah, whatever, it's stressful. We know that. We these are norms now. This stress level is a normal it stress level norm. now. Yeah. It is and you have to operate like that. You have to go to work like that. And if you don't, you don't get money. And then you can't do anything. You cannot do anything without money. And it's fucking so disheartening. And I mean, like, duh, yeah, like, duh, you have to, like, buy stuff. But now we're going to be able to buy stock in uh, water? Wait, uh, there's stock in water? Yeah. Like... And they're, they're trying to do that with air and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I can't deal with this. We are in the matrix and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I feel like there's, you feel powerless, yeah. helpless, 
Yep. And then, and then, and then you feel pointless because what is the point? And I said, that's, that's what, where my conversation eventually with my mother yesterday went, I was like, there's no point. I said, there's literally no point to anything. Oh, Maggie, come on. Don't, you know, it's, it's not. And I'm like, no. And I don't mean that in any other way besides there's no point to anything. And I think what really got me out of, cause I really, I did buy into Christianity and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a, you know, there's a God and all these things. And I'm still unsure of, of what, if anything, I fall into as far as those types of beliefs. But I and the human brain and my human brain cannot fathom a forever. There yeah. is a beginning and there is an end to everything. And even, I mean, even if you take the Bible, the Bible says that there's a beginning. There's a, So it's like, Okay, we get to heaven, right? Okay, sure, yay. I, I mean, we're not supposed to be let in to heaven. You're, you or myself, watch out, I have tattoos. Oh no, God doesn't love me anymore. Anyway, I love God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I guess I'm just gonna be with all my friends if I don't go to heaven. But, but okay, so let's say we go to heaven, right? Then mm-hmm. what? <laughs> You're right. I know. I used to. I was that's told it. that it was like, oh yeah, you just hang out with angels like for eternity, and I was like, I don't think that's a thing. Like, so you're telling me like- You're supposed to praise God the whole time. That's what it is. I don't want that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second, can I unsubscribe for that? Because I don't necessarily, and what kind of ego is that? And I'm so, like, really, if that, like, sorry, but like, what kind of ego is that where you want me to win souls, to go to heaven, to praise you all the time? And then while you're on oh, earth, you're working, and you're like a slave to the system. So I really want to know. <laughs> to the system right now why do i want to continue oh my gosh this that? conversation really is just sparking up a memory now okay so two days ago i went to go see hades town on broadway and yeah uh, I, have you seen it yet no oh my god recommend cry twice phenomenal but great i love crying it's like their version of hell right it's hades like he's promising freedom to the souls but okay. when they go they don't realize that they have to work forever so it's sort of like what we're doing now in real life like they have like a nine to five they're building the city, working on iron, but then they have to praise Haiti at the whole time and leave and bow their hat in worship the whole time. So it's like huh. you're given freedom and eternal life, but you're worshiping. You're what you just said just totally wow. Okay, that play, when you watch it, it's so mean. There's so many meanings and like interesting. So I want to see that. Them, but this just clicked. Wow. The writer of that, yeah. Cause it, it sort of shows you what it, it takes on the poverty in America right now. But yeah. then it takes Greek mythology into it. So, yeah, everything we're just saying is making a full circle right now. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to see that. We're and in Haiti Town. <laughs> I know. Yo, seriously. And that's like kind of how I'm like, are you describing right now? Are you describing the, the current world? You know, I um, had a conversation with my brother and I said, we need to normalize what you said to your mom. Like, you're a lot of question, like, what is my meaning or like, because it's true though like if you really think about it reproduction went from like mammals reproducing to us just being born to work and make money for the economy which we're not rich so we may not even see that money <laughs> and it's like you're allowed to question that okay so if my purpose is to be a good human then why are there millions that are killing and are horrible people and also why am i stressed out and depressed because i have to run around make money and pay taxes and then be on five different prescription drugs because i'm not happy yes so- and then and then yeah. I get fat. And then yeah. 
then like regular normal like like people hormones happen because of age because of sex because of whatever your hormones just do things and then now on top of all of this other stress I don't fit in my clothes <laughs> now it, that adds more stress and then more money now you get to buy new clothes it, now I have to buy new clothes can I just tell you something so I don't know what has been happening. It's got to be, it has to be age and like hormone related or whatever, but my boobs are fucking huge now. And I never like, I'm like, like, they're gigantic. And I'm like, they're like, listen, sure. Like I've always been okay with the size of them, like whatever, but I'm literally putting on bras and I'm like, why are my boobs not fitting in the What am I doing? What is happening? And now to your point, unless I go braless, I have to buy new bras. Bras are expensive. They suck. <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing. Gender um, monetization. Like, why are women razors more than men razors when they're the same shit? And deodorant. You know, speaking of razors, so I, I don't know, I was, I literally was just like on Instagram. I've been reading comments and things like that on just, I don't know, posts. I guess I just have like free time when I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh, I should be sleeping. I'm not gonna. (laughs) But I'm reading these comments and someone literally said, and they could have, I'm sure that now that I think back, they had to have been joking, LOL. But they were like, well, you know, women can't use men razors because the men's razor is so sharp that it'll rip their skin. And I was like, I only use men's razors. They're better than women's. For my le- for like but i'm like do you, you want it sharp for your legs if you're or like your vagina if you're trying to shave like isn't that the point of a razor i want a super sharp razor do what do you like like what like and and so that's why when i think back i'm like oh i had to have been like this is a joke i mean this is yeah, very like but some guys especially straight men think like that like my friend sent me a video this straight guy made like a quick real thing for youtube and he was like he believed that his theory was correct and all these straight men comment and he was like girls need to understand something guys can have sex without feelings attached which i get it there are some people that are sex positive okay but he was referring to like oh if the man cheats on you you should still you know you shouldn't break up with him because he's just fucking that girl he doesn't care about but he loves you and i'm over here like this sounds like the most misogynistic heteronormative thing i like what and the way he said it was like in a therapeutic voice too, like very like, yeah, you shouldn't break up with him. And like, it had all these straight men believing. And I was just like, what is happening? So, oh, I have so many things I want to say about it. I, I just. Like, it's not okay to cheat. Like, unless you have a conversation of an open relationship, but like, yes. this is not yes. give a man an excuse to be like, oh babe, like, I, you know, I'm just a man. I need to like bust some knot. I have no connection. Like you're, you should talk to your partner. But like, why are you just like not having sex with your wife? <laughs> if Thanks. that's the case. And where's the communication? Oh, there isn't, <laughs> there isn't any silly you. Come on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with that, and that's, that brings up a really, another very, very good point is communication has changed like yeah. with our parent generation to like our generation um it's kind of wild to see 
there isn't any. Or some parents, and I'll say my, my mom is a, is a really good, um, I guess, uh, example. She always wanted, ever, ever since I can remember, to talk to me and we talk about things and we talk things out, but she didn't have that with her mom. So she made it a point like, no, with my child, this is going to happen. But I watch, I've watched a lot of my friends and said, they don't, I'll be like, yo, how's your mom? Like, I remember last time we were together, she said that she was dating so-and-so. Is she, are they still together? Like, what is up? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I don't even, you don't even have like a regular everyday talk now. I'm like, damn. But also, if I bring it right back to the church, there was no reason for communicating within your, within that family, like the husband, the wife and the kids, they, what do they have? They didn't have anything that they really needed to talk about. It was as I saw it when I was in the church, when I was drinking the church juice, dad, head of household, protector of the family, would make all of the decisions and would make all of the rules. You really weren't supposed to talk about if you liked them or not, because it didn't matter if you liked them or not. This was, this was for your own good. I know better than you. So I'm like, you're going to tell me that my stepdad that has never raised a person in his life knows how to raise a little girl, like without reading books, without reaching out to any family members about like, Hey, you know, I'm with this woman and we're, we've been together for a while and I want to do a good job. I want to do a good job raising this little girl. He never, he never did that because, because he didn't think he needed to. And then, you, you know, you, you, you make the rules and the wife is supposed to be submissive. The children are supposed to be submissive as well. And you shouldn't question anything because dad is getting direct contact with God, which wait, we could also get direct contact, but it did, but you go with dad instead. It's like, I don't understand. Binary of religion, I, I don't get it. Um, where, so when you were growing up, when did you like, did you leave the church eventually? Or like, what was, was there a conversation? Cause I know your mom at least was your backbone in like mentality yes. instead of the church juice fully brainwashing you. Cause that could be dangerous. <laughs> I mean, we see the homophobic people out there and misogynistic people. A yeah. lot, a lot of it is like religion brainwashing, right? Um, oh yeah. But yeah, so for you, like, what was your, um, was there an age or was there like a point where you were like, I'm going to just do me? <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly, and I know that this is the case for a lot of teens, uh, you're not really allowed to not go to church um, if you're living under the same roof of, you know, that, that, the family. So if I... I actually don't remember ever asking not to go. Um, I think because I always just knew the answer and I was, it was going to be like, no, he's like, you have to, you have to go unless you wanted to go on one of the other days that the church held mass. Like, for example, the last church that I had gone to was approximately three or four hours every Sunday. So it was like nine to 12 or nine to one. Uh, they like to say that they will stop uh, service when they feel like they should, like when the Holy Spirit tells them to. Um, <laughs> and <sorry>. they would, <laughs> honestly though, and they would say, um, 
you know, sorry if you have Sunday dinner roast in the oven. We don't go by those times. We just go by when the Holy Spirit tells us to stop having, you know, service. And so as a teenager, I'm in high school at this point. I'm like, that's really weird. That's weird to me. So if, if let's say, let's say you had to work, let's say your family had to work on Sunday, which you weren't supposed to, but let's say you did, um, they would have services other nights of the week. So they would have services like Wednesdays or Thursdays or something like that, where you could get the same message, um, and, and, and be there too, uh, without feeling too guilty. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I've never asked, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. I was also forced to go to youth group. Oh my gosh. I was for like a hot minute and I literally like bitched my mom about it and left. But <laughs> how was that? It was three hours on a Friday night. Every. No, Friday. no, no, no. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in high school and you're like, oh my God, like, I want to go to a football game. I want to like do stuff like my friends and, you know, my friends are starting to drive. Mm -hmm. And like, you want to, you want to, you want to like, oh my God, like have fun. Not like necessarily go crazy. Like you just want to fucking have friends. Shopping in the mall, like, or Starbucks. Like that was my thing. That was my, I wasn't allowed to go to the mall. I wasn't allowed my, I, I, I had asked my dad, I was like, oh, so-and-so, you know, like I had some friends, uh, that, I was the younger one of the group. So I had all of my friends were like able to drive or things like that. So I was like, oh, you know, so-and-so, uh, and these other people, like we want to go to the mall. And of course you would ask and, uh, he'd be like, well, for what? And I was like, well, my friends, like, they they want they want to go and they asked if I wanted to like come hang out and he was like well what do you need to go for and I'm like he's like you need to buy something like no and he's like well then no you can't go I'm not gonna have you hanging out at the mall like a mall rat and I'm like what do you because and then I'm like what do you think of me who do you think that I am if you don't really trust me but my point with all this stuff is like he And it was never my mom. My mom struggled a lot with the whole being submissive thing. Not that she didn't want to have a partnership with her husband, but because it was so overbearing, she wasn't allowed to say anything or raise her daughter the way that she wanted to. So like she would allow me to go to the mall and and maybe like I ended up like getting a shirt or something like that. Like you just, sometimes you just want to go and hang and be with your friends and whatever. Yeah. But like the, the youth group thing, it was, you had to be in, it was like for the older kids. So you had to be, I think like ninth or 10th grade to 12th grade. And it was from 7 PM to 10 PM. And now, you know, looking back in this, as an adult, I was like, Oh, they were trying to like keep us from being out in the street and like doing bad things. And I'm like, this would not stop me from doing anything. My, my morals, what, honestly, what my mother taught me when I was a kid, before we did the whole border gate Christian thing actually would stop me. That's what put a good head on my shoulders, not going to youth group, but I was in uh, high school and I had a boyfriend that wasn't a Christian. Oh, so my fucking dad, dude. Oh my God. He hated him. Hated. I dated him for like 
two years, I think. He absolutely hated him and he was in a band and he was really smart and he wasn't like a, he was not a bad kid. I met him in Spanish class. It was like, it was so cute and he was so cute. And it was really, it was really like us hanging out or we would like go on dates. It was so innocent. He was probably one of the first people that I was like, wow, I think that this is like, this I think is love. Like this type of feeling, this care this respect that I have for this person. I think that that's what, I think that's what love is. And it was really nice. We never had sex. Um, We chose not to because our friends were starting to get into it. And to be fully transparent, having sex is a lot of responsibility, especially when you're young. And it makes you feel a certain way and it makes you think a certain way. And it, it changes you. Um, and it kind of does take a a certain element of innocence away. I feel like, I feel that, and I'm not saying it's, it's bad to do it, but we both had a discussion and we were like, I don't think that this is what we want. We don't want to have sex. And I was really like proud of that. And my mom, um, was somebody that had instilled in me from a really young age, like Megan, it's okay to have sex with people if you care about them. And you talk about it and you love them. And she, she was never like, no, you must wait until you're married. That was dad because dad was a psychopath, but, or maybe sociopath. I don't know. Whatever. Um, what's up daddy issues. Are we going to hashtag this daddy issue? I, <laughs> I mean, we're going to hashtag this a lot of things. Cause we went into conspiracy theories. Like uh, they, it'll, you know what yes. I feel like about the flow of this conversation so far, it, it all circles back though. It's like through your story yeah. of the church and then everything trickles in, but I'm going to put up the daddy issues thing. Cause like, you know, we're going to get into like adulthood soon. And that's where I really want to see like how, you know, it impacted trauma, you know, or how it affected, yeah. you know, because yeah. girl, this, these things can get under our skin without us even knowing. Yeah. And you don't, and you don't know. And that's the biggest thing is like, it's a fucking shock. And you're like, oh my God, I have, I have trauma. First yeah. of all, I have trauma. And then second from the church. And then you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Duh. of course I do <laughs> hello like come on but it's oh oh so the the boy that I had been dating um I took him to youth group one time oh. and the other youth group kids got on me about it and they're like he's not a Christian and I was like okay isn't <laughs> isn't the point isn't the point to like like bring people yeah into it like I was like because I thought I was under the impression that like you wanted to include people in that religion and you wanted to eventually like have them convert but I was like I just wanted to show him like it's not a bad place and he was interested in it and whatever the way that 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 those youth group Friday nights were we went to the church the church um like a lot of other born again Christian church churches were, it was not like a Catholic church. It was a big warehouse where the sermon would be done kind of like at the back and the floor was a gymnasium floor. So you had um, like basketball lines and stuff like that. So then when Friday nights came, 
they would wheel out uh, like basketball hoops and you could play a bunch of games. It was almost like um, gym class. Yeah. Um, they had volleyball, they had all this other stuff and you could like hang out. And it was, it was like hanging out with your friends. Um, and then they had like, you had an hour of that. You had an hour of like a sermon that they would gear towards teens. And then you had another hour of like fellowship and hanging out and you can go into like the snack room and you could like buy a snack and hang out and play cool Ooh, and do all this stuff. For religion. Like I'm so confused. <laughs> they're, like, they, cause they're, like they're sitting here trying real hard to be like, we're hip, we're cool. Be part of this club. And then you're like, I don't wanna. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like this I don't, club. And my mom, and oh, yeah, go ahead. No. I'm just getting a youth group flashback where my mom brought me and one hour was Bible study, but it was only guys in the room and the girls were in the other room. Yep. And I like was 15, so it was so awkward. And then I went to the basement for like the teenagers to hang out and I watched yep. the Lindsay Lohan movie. Um, what is it? That girl was a, uh, 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 Oh no. <laughs> Wait, there? I, I, I was like, fuck it. I went in this, uh, we were like hanging out downstairs and it's like the daughter's, like she's 16. It was her room and she wasn't there. So like my brother and I put on the DVD that all the little kids and we just watch it. Teenage Drama Queen. Oh, I mean, who can, like, I'm like, how is that harmful? It's not harmful. I know it wasn't even and a bad movie, but then everyone's like scowling. And yep, I'm like, what is yep. happening? And judging you and judging you literally and that's the crazy shit is that you get fucking judged and that is my whole point with this they judged the fuck out of me i remember specifically we were playing volleyball okay and we're like serving and like i'm gonna spike it or whatever <laughs> and one of the girls would tur literally turn around and she was like well he's not a christian and i was like bro uh, i'm in high school i'm like i'm not marrying him and they didn't have anything to say i'm like we're just dating like but that but in their minds they are supposed to marry that person that you're dating. And I'm like, but we're, I'm just hanging out. I'm just, this is somebody that I care for. And we like get along and we want to hang out with each other. And, and what the fuck is the point of what, again, Literally. Bring it all back. what's the point? What is the point? Is it for fellowship and to have a good time with people and also learn about like Bible stuff? Sure. Did he ever go back? No. <laughs> and it's fine. Like I did, I never asked him again because I was embarrassed. They made me feel embarrassed. They didn't make him feel embarrassed. I was like, I'm not allowed to, I don't, I, I didn't understand. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And when I can't wrap my head around something, it drives me fucking insane. And you know what the funniest part is? That girl that got on me for him not being a Christian had a baby out of wedlock. So don't get on me about that's what that's what they do and it's not me it's truly it's not me judging it's me saying oh you know you're gonna sit here and do this you're now you're a teen mom and again it's not a bad thing at all yeah it's hmm it just you know like why judge if you're quote-unquote sitting as well you know like what are you doing like, exactly i'm like you are sitting here like having sex with people i'm not even like we're kissing watch out Oh my God. Going to a movie. We went <laughs> to Starbucks. Oh, he bought my chai latte for me. Oh my God. That's so cute. <laughs> it was so cute. It was a really nice, like, like young relationship. And it was, it was so, it was such a wonderful time for me. And it makes me really sad because my dad ruined it. 
um, and like kicked me out of the house uh, the day of prom uh, because I was going to prom with him. Okay, so that's where we get into some deep shit. So kicked out for prom. Now I'm I'm assuming there had to be conflict with your mom and him at one point because I I feel like your mom later later right because I was like I found out about it. You got your back, so like there has to be a moment. So kicked out for going to a prom. What happened? Like, did you was it just like a day or was it like a a moment? Like the only thing. So so I was I was supposed to um I was expected to work uh the second that I was old enough to so when I turned uh 15 I got a job um so you're in school for however fucking many hours you're in school and then I would go to work um and I was no longer able to do um things that I really enjoyed which was like doing sports stuff so all of the sports that I was involved in it was either go to work or get yelled at for like pursuing sports which was weird and then these jobs wanted me to work Friday nights so I couldn't go to youth group and they wanted me to work on Sundays which I got a lot of shit for at this one uh, job I worked there for five years and they're like no you have to work like one of like a week you have to work you can't not like you have to work on the weekends and I had to get a special note um from I don't know if it was from my parents or like the church allowing me to not uh work on Sundays because it went against my religion which it doesn't but they they made me do that (laughs) I was like okay so whatever so one time I was coming home from from work or something like that and my prom dress we lived in in a in a condominium and there were four units in a building and uh we i went in and you had to go up the stairs and there was like a unit on the right and a unit on the left and ours was on the right so i immediately look upstairs and like my prom dress is hanging outside and so i go up and my prom dress is just hanging like uh on like the door jam and I don't think I could get into my house so I took my dress and I called one of my best friends and I'm like um I don't know what's going on but my prom dress is just outside and I have prom today so I don't know and she was like girl and she was part of a church that we had gone to previously, like our first church. She was like, come over and don't worry. And I spoke to her mom at this point, I was 17. So I said, okay, I was crying, of course, because well, that's I, a big day in high school. And it's also traumatic. You're coming home thinking that you're about to have an amazing night. And it's like, bye. Yeah. And my mom uh, at the time was a hairstylist. So she was going to do my hair for me and like do all this stuff. And I called her and um, she was just like, I can't do it. What? Uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I had, I had, I didn't know like what to say. She's just like, I can't, you know, y- y- your father doesn't agree with you going to the prom with so-and-so. He doesn't like the amount of money that you spent on your dress. I had to buy my dress, um, which was fine, I guess. Um, 
but I don't know. Like, why was I working? I was working like 40 hours a week. And also in high school, I'm like, why am I, what am I doing? Um, and so I went to my friend's house and uh, we were able to get like an appointment at a hair salon and I got my nails done and all this other stuff. And they were able to help me. And I couldn't be more grateful. Um, and my friend's mom ended up kind of like being like my mom that night. And um, I was able to really rely on her. Uh, and it was, it was, it ended up being wonderful. It was a, it was a great time, but it was really confusing because I wasn't, again, the communication, I wasn't told, I wasn't told why these things were happening. So like, what, what are you doing? Why is my, why are my parents kicking me out of the house? For prom? <laughs> like, I don't know. So that's something that always sticks out in my mind. And I can only blame the thought process of my dad. But later on, um, literally like a couple years ago, I was able to connect with my mom about it. And she was like, Megan, I have a lot of regrets surrounding that time period. And she's like, that's one of them. And of course she's crying and we're all crying. And she's like, I shouldn't have done that. And she apologized. And I know that she has a lot of regrets surrounding how she allowed him to treat slash raise me. Um, kind of makes me feel good. Yeah, I will say, <laughs> I know it's hard because it's like, resentment. I know. And it's, I, yeah. So my mom's my best friend. I grew up in a single household, but I had a lot of trauma with my mom. My mom took a lot of her demons out on me, whether it was like getting back slapped or pans thrown at me or punished being the older child. So I, I've resented her till now. Um, and we finally had a conversation two months ago where she finally apologized and cried and took accountability and accountability I've learned helps resentment, but it's not going to cure resentment because it helps. <laughs> it helps. But like we're young and innocent. Like we're not really fucking fucking up your life. Like you brought us into this world. We're not trying to be probably- I'm a baby. Yes. I'm a child. But you're not what even you... doing anything wrong, sis. Like you were just dating someone, not having sex and better go to prom. Like, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> you are, that's the definition of an innocent 17 year old, you know? And same, yeah. I'm like 14 helping raise my brother and I'm still getting back slapped because my mom didn't like a tone or something. Like, I'm like, come on. Like it just, mm -hmm. it- yeah, I resentment. I, I don't know. I'm on the same road right now of that. And it's, I know it's not going to go away right away. It's going to be a constant journey, but yeah. I, accountability, I will say your mom owning up and my mom owning up too. I, I, I think it helps, you know, it does. It definitely does. It I also, but <laughs> say that again, it doesn't cure though. That's for sure. No. And, and, and you know, what's kind of funny is that talking Cause my mom, my mom and I have talked a lot. Um, I would say more so within the past few years about past stuff, how I was raised, things like that. And I didn't realize how much resentment I was really holding on to um, until we like started to talk about it. And her and I actually trauma bond over our experiences in the church. Um, because there are things that she had gone through with my dad that I just, as a kid, you don't know, like you're yeah. a kid, you don't know all these things. They had gone to marriage count. They're not together anymore. They had gone to marriage counseling, um, with the last church that we had been a part of. And, um, 
they had outright said to my dad, like, you can't do these things. Like you, you, you can't like his, his, his line of tweak, uh, line of thinking was really tweaked and he started to really get very fundamentalist with how he was interpreting the Bible and things like that. So at one point they were like, you got to cut your daughter some slack. Like there was a time I was still dating that same person. And, um, I was living at home. I left home at 17, but I was still living at home at this point. And, um, we were going to, we were driving my mom's car to get an automatic starter installed as a Christmas gift. Um, and we were in the car and I, I, I had already told him that I was going to go. There was tension. Absolutely. But I, I said, yes, of course, because one of us had to drive a thing or whatever. So he's, we're driving, we get to a red light and he goes, Megan, are you still a virgin? <laughs> and I turned to him and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And, and that was it. There was no other, there was no other conversation. There was no other, nothing. There was no, this is why I'm asking this. There was no, this is my thought process. He just like wanted to know. And like, did you not think that I could have lied to you? I was still a virgin. And I was, again, this is something I was proud of. I was a virgin until I was like 21. But like, again, these are things that I took pride in. So I'm like, I'm happy to say that, but you're making it sound dirty. You're making me feel bad for being proud, like in, in a weird way, because he wanted me to be a virgin, but like, we don't have that rapport or that relationship for you to talk to me about that. Like, what are you doing? And then that was an example. Like my mom had brought, uh, brought that up in their counseling session. And they were like, you cannot just outright ask these things. Exactly. Like you, like you can't, like, it's just, you don't just don't. Like, or, and if you do just be prepared for the type of response that you're going to get, whether it's with attitude, which it wasn't, whether it's with attitude, whether it's the answer you do not want to hear that you have to prepare yourself. And he just like, well, I don't know, but you don't do that. You don't, you don't, it's invasive. And, and he, as a dad and as very strong Christian male was like, well, I have a right to know everything. So, do you? No, sorry. You don't, oh, sweetie. No, I'm really sorry, but you just, but you just, but you just don't. And there was no privacy. There was nothing. That's so invasive. Like it's gross. It's <laughs> yeah. I I can't even imagine. So wait, you left home at 17. Yeah. And your mom and dad split when? Well, here's the funny thing. I left home and I came back. <laughs> like running away or leaving home you know yeah I literally ran away I didn't tell them where I was going I went to work one day didn't come home and I left the I I'm dating myself a little bit here but remember when you could take batteries out of cell phones yep I would I took the cell phone that I had I took the battery out and I left it on my bed because I wanted them to know you can't call me and I can't call you so this is on purpose so I did that I had my clothes with me and I left and I went to that same friend's house after work um I had my friend drive me to her house left my car at work and so my parents thought I got abducted and fucking killed 
And so this was, I, I was like calling um, my voicemail to see like, cause I knew something, I knew they were going to call and like leave a voicemail. So I called and uh, you know, my mom's hysterically crying. She's like, please just call me and make, and tell me that you're like, at least okay. And I, I did, I called her from a black number and I'm like, fine. Yeah, I'm good. She goes, she goes, I don't want you to tell me where you are because she didn't want to have to lie to him because she didn't want to tell him where I was. Isn't wow. that crazy? That's insane. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then the, the, my, so the dude that I was dating, that same person worked at a Hollywood video, um, like near, kind of near we, where we lived slash where he lived. And my dad went and stalked him at work. And he was like, he went up to him. He's like, I know that you know where she is. You need to tell me. I didn't tell him either. I told nobody. I said, listen, I'm just not going to go home. And I wanted people to know, you know, that I was okay. And this was my plan, but I, I refused to tell anybody where I was going because I knew that what he was going to do. And again, my mom already knew. She's like, don't tell me where you are. I just want to make sure that you're safe and you're okay. I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm safe. I'm, I'm with friends. And that was it. She was like, okay. Um, and, uh, then I still continued to go to work. I still continued. I eventually like got my car or whatever, continued to do that. And he would like, my dad would come into the job. It was a bakery. He would come into the job and I would go into the back and I'm like, Hey, to the, you know, other people that were working there. And my manager, like, just, if he asked for me, just let him know, I can't come. I'm sorry. I'm busy, whatever. And, uh, they, I think they like really started to get annoyed with it. And I don't blame them. I would have too, because I'm literally bringing drama into their place, but he also did not have to go and stalk my job. Like, you know, you're not respecting me and I don't have to live under your roof. Cause it was the whole, well, if you're living under my roof, this is how you got it. Okay. Well then I won't live under your roof. I, I work full time now I can go. So eventually he called work one day and I might've answered. I don't remember. <laughs> and, uh, I, I spoke to him and he was like, if you could please meet me at this diner, like, I just really want to talk to you. So I was like, okay. And I went and he was just like, you know, I really want you to come home. Like I want, you know, did the whole crocodile tears thing. And I was just like, okay. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, you know, I would save money. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I went home. And at that time they actually had moved and uh, they moved out of that condo and they bought a house. <laughs> we were still in that condo. We were in that condo for like five years. I was like, oh my God. But anyway, so they got a, a, they actually got a house. It had a semi-finished basement. And he was like, you know, there's a separate entrance. Like that can be your space. And, 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 you know, I won't bother you and you, you can come and go like as you please. And I was so silly because I fell for that. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I moved pretty quickly. I, this was college time. So I was, um, I decided to just go to college somewhere else and just like not be near him. Um, and eventually my mom went back to school or tried to go back to school and he would yell and scream at her because he, he didn't think that women should continue their education um mm -hmm. and she's like I just want to study she's like I just need to print something out and he's like yeah well I'm burning a cd right now and she's like what? okay but I have a oh. I have school like yeah. I 
what? Like, what the fuck is that? And so eventually uh, that, that and money, he was giving most of his money to the church. And she's like, we're in debt and you're giving all of your paycheck. And he would work overtime. Um, and he would, it would be a tithe, but he would also make the rest of his checks offerings. And so he was giving and giving and giving. And she's like, we can't pay for X, Y, and Z. Can you please give help? She had, my mother had three jobs and it was just, they, there was, there were a lot of issues, but I think the very main thing was, and I don't want to say devotion. I would say like, I I was going to say his devotion to the church, but it was toxic and unhealthy. And Uh. even though they and sought guidance and help he was too stubborn to see that he's losing his family yeah it's crazy i'm glad you were able to like go to college move out and then when did so when did the tattoo and all this freedom of expression come into play i'm curious about that now with this background so the friend that i remember i said like she uh i went to her house and that's that she was like my best friend she her dad was a tattooer and he still is and um which is kind of crazy because you're not supposed to have tattoos in in this religion um her mom was a pretty devout born-again christian but really really down to earth and it was she the way that she practiced was like i practice for me she wasn't like Oh, all of you guys, now you have to, you know, you're all of my kids and the, my kids' friends, like now you all have to, no, it was, it was herself and her energy was like so soft and nurturing. She's a wonderful wonder. I love her. She's a wonderful woman. Um, but her husband was not, he was not a born again Christian. He was not, he didn't practice anything. Oh, wow. um, he wouldn't go to church he worked and was a tattooer and she they had been together since they were 17 um and they're still together uh but she found this religion and he just was like no I'm I don't want that um and so I got interested in piercings I think first um and I just thought like they were cool (laughs) and I liked that you could really be like hey I want to have this thing pierced, whatever it is, a nose. And if I don't like it, I just take it out and it's fine. Yeah. I loved that it wasn't super permanent. Um, and then I can't even say like what specifically was like, oh, tattoos. Um, I do think that subconsciously I was like, oh my God, I can express myself. So this is fucking cool. Um, and I'm old enough to do so. Uh it was my first tattoo was my religious tattoo. So, uh, and it was on my birthday. So it was my birthday gift uh, to myself and, and, and the fam, the, that family's birthday gift to me too. Um, and it was, oh God, <sighs> I don't know. I should send you a picture of it. Yeah, I it's, need to see it. <laughs> It's not bad. It's just very stereotypical of a first tattoo. It has, it's the little Christian fizz on my back. 
little Christian fish and it has the Greek letters on the inside and has like waves on the side and above the fish, it says it is and underneath finished because I just thought that was badass. And I was like, yo, Jesus last words are pretty fucking badass. Like you're, you're literally dying. You're like, it is finished done. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So I did. So I had that and I was like, that's dope. And a year later I added to it. Um, so above it, a little higher on my back, it's two doves and they're holding a banner and the banner says you're engraved on the palms of my hands, which is also pretty badass. Um, <laughs> so I, I picked those and I, I mean, I still think they're dope. Um, but like, obviously like looking back, I'm like, well, it's very classic that I would have as a tattoo, a very religious one. Um, and that was it. I didn't get any more tattoos for 10 years, I think. Oh, shit. And yeah. Um, and then I so graciously got someone's name on me, uh, which was a very bad idea. And that name is actually no longer there. I got that zapped off. So <sighs> that was pretty cathartic. I'll tell you that. Um, and it's funny because that person also has his name on himself, which is, I know. And he's going to say that. So they're like, what? They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the same name. And I was like, great. So now I have a, and he got it like after we split. And I was like, so we have matching tattoos. I don't like that. <laughs> but um... I got that. It's all, I was going to cover it anyway, but um, I'm getting other tattoos removed. So I was like, let's just zap this and get this the fuck out of here because I don't want this. That was, that was a very, very, very bad relationship. Long story short, met him. He shot me a year and a half later. I left. All in between there. And he did what a year and a half? He shot me. Um, and then I left. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> with a gun <laughs> yeah what this is I, got not a lot of, I, met, right? I got a lot of trauma so this is not the one i met right okay. no this person is almost like how i think of like in a different like life i don't even know who i was you can't even process this right now no nope. I couldn't process it. I was like, did this just fucking happen? I, I literally laugh. I'm just house. like shock laughing right now. <laughs> what? It's no, I it's 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 funny because not funny. Um, I have had uh friends that have been in domestic abuse yeah. situations. And a lot of people don't know that part or that side of me. Uh not that I don't share it, I just I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't come up often. And so when I tell people that, that something like this happened, they're like, well, what do you, like, what do you mean? And you know, the kind of like a very similar situation, like, what do you fucking mean? Like you got shot with a gun and I'm like, mm -hmm. but it's like so much going up to that point, like so much leading up to that point. It would, that, that was like very, very much so bound to happen. I was planning my escape anyway, because in that type of situation, you have to plan an escape. Yeah, I mean, um, you, yeah, that's, dude, that's fucking And it, literally my, me leaving my escape was happening the next week. So I was like, okay, well, it's just gonna, it's just gonna happen now. Um, and he ran away uh, in the middle of the night. It was raining. It was the first weekend in may and it was 
pouring. I didn't have like proper clothes on. I didn't have shoes on. Um, and I was like, well, guess what? This is better than what is happening upstairs. And I ran down to, um, this was in Queens, um, Rid Richmond Hill. I think that's it. It was over there. And, uh, I ran out to Queens Boulevard, which is like probably like a mile from where I was. And I didn't realize like I was bloody. And so I go, it was probably between 12 and two. And I'm like, like knocking on the window and I'm like, hello. And he was like, oh my God. And I was like, do you think that you could call the police? And he was like, yes. And in you know, a matter of a couple of minutes, there was ambulances, fire trucks, police cars. And I, I was very overwhelmed because I was very sheltered for like a year and a half. And so I was like, oh my God, there's like a lot of people here and I'm in a lot of trouble. And like, I wasn't in trouble. Uh, but then, uh, yeah. And then the rest is history with that, but <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly need like, uh, like three parts with you. Cause your life is very fascinating. Um, I'm ready. I want to do, I, I, I love having you on this already. It's just, there's so much we're talking about and it's so natural. Um, Wait, where were you shot? <laughs> like this in my uh, leg. Oh yeah. my god. Um, yeah. Oh wait. So actually, I'm gonna circle this back then. So do you think? Okay, going into childhood trauma. Do you were you attracting um like toxic men due to daddy issues? Right. Yeah. You got it right there. And that was the with that person. I was like, got it. I understand now. And this is never gonna happen again. I. Yeah. Six. I'm so happy you uh snapped out of that. That is I'm first of all, I'm, I'm happy you. you're alive and I'm happy, you know, but um yes. yeah, yes. and I'm happy that you're being vulnerable right now because Thank sharing you. this on a platform is gonna help other people come out with domestic abuse stories. I so, hope that's you. what oh I really seriously, I seriously hope so. I I want I want that and I want people to understand like you're not alone. I only had three phone numbers in my phone. Excuse me, four. My mom, his Control mom, that. from in that. Yeah, for about a year and a half, I was only allowed to have, oh, five. Sorry, I did have a job. I had a job. Um, so my job's phone number, my mom, I had lawyers from a car accident, his mom and his. So those are the only five phone numbers I was allowed to have. Um, and I want people to understand and really, really, truly know you're even if you have five phone numbers in your phone you're really not alone you're not and they're I tried to go to a shelter um and I called and uh they're like yeah it's gonna be about three months of a wait and I was like but I don't I don't really have three months I have to go like now and they're like well we have to make sure that this is real that I was being honest and I'm like, okay. So they wanted to look up police reports. You don't have police reports with this type of thing. You just, you just don't, you'll get in trouble with, you know, your person. If there are police reports, yep. you'll get in trouble. If you make sound, you'll get in trouble for any, anything. And it's very, very irrational. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to make a different plan because that ain't it. Getting out and going to a shelter 
would, nope, absolutely not. And I knew myself and I knew that I needed to go out of the state because we had a reputation, he and I, of we would, we had broken up and I came back and then broken up and I came back That's and I was like, I'm, I don't want to come back. So I need to leave the state. So at the time, my mother was living in Texas and he allowed me to visit her um, from time to time. And uh, he was allowing me to visit her for her birthday, which was that next week from when I got shot. Um, and I was not going to come back. So uh, yeah, plan, yeah. that was my, that was my plan. And it was actually, it was a pretty good plan. I was able to, to uh, I needed to show him like screenshots and my mom like emailed the flight there and the flight back, but she was able to cancel within 24 hours, the flight back. So um, that's what she did. And so when I had left uh, that, that fateful evening, um, I actually didn't have a phone. I didn't have anything. Uh, and when I went back to the apartment, because I went, oh, so I went with six or seven police officers and I had no shoes on. I had nothing. I was dripping, soaking wet. And I'm just kind of like standing there and I just felt so small. And there were so many really big people around me and I felt strong. Even though I felt small, I felt like I had people backing me up, which was really nice. So they knock on the door and I didn't know that he left. Uh, he had left and they knock on the door again, nothing. Um, he had put nails and screws in the, in the um, what is that thing called? The peephole? Cause the peephole was like a sliding one. And I think he did that to see if I was coming back, if I had been there or not when he came back. Uh, I didn't have keys, nothing like that. So we called a locksmith. Uh, locksmith essentially broke in. <laughs> and then um, he had taken my whole bag. So my phone, my wallet, anything sure. that was in there. Um, and so I knew where there was cash. So I was able to take some cash with me. I should have taken everything now that I think about it, but I was scared um, of retaliation. I was scared of anything. So I took what I needed. Um, I asked the police officers if they could bring me to like a hotel or a motel. And they took me to a, a really terrible place. I did not sleep, but I, I had an iPad and I was able to call my mom via Wi-Fi with the iPad. Um, and she was able to change that flight to the next morning. And I was on a plane the next morning to Texas. Um, and it was fucking wild. And then the next day after that, I went out to California for like two months and I stayed with one of my best friends who almost like, try, like nursed me back to normalcy. And when you're in that situation, you are not normal. No. <laughs> you are detached. You don't know the social norms. You're, you're very sheltered and, and, and you, you look around and I was like very overwhelmed and I'm like, this is the world. And it was fucking weird. But again, that could be another podcast yeah, <laughs> with, trauma bond with trauma bonding. So <laughs> bring hey, it back. Girl, we got into so many things, but yeah, uh, we did. Yeah. I, 
we're gonna wrap up soon but i i i'm saying this on air right now i need a part two with you <laughs> because i have I'm ready i have so many more questions and let's do it honestly we can do an episode about like the mental health behind that and like how that affected anxiety and then also I would love to do oh, a yes. abuse episode about just like your survival tips and stuff like that so yeah. we'll for sure get into that but um yeah I would love to absolutely where your trauma hit you in adulthood was this fucking shit but um before we switch topics and I want I want to ask you what so you gave actually a lot of good advice this past hour and that's why I think this this episode that's why I want to do a follow-up with you because you could, you don't even know, you could be saving a life right now, 10, anyone that listens when this airs, you know? Um, yeah. What would be another final piece of advice for, um, you could do either or a, a domestic abuse thing, or it could be also someone that is uh, suffering from daddy issues. What would you want to say? For both of those, mm-hmm. you need to talk to yourself. You need, you need, it is, a requirement and a necessity for you to know yourself and talk to yourself. And you can look in the mirror and be like, who am I? Yeah. What do I want in general? In general, I want food. Awesome. What else do you want? Um, I want a house. Okay, sick. What kind of house. Do you have a favorite color? Know yourself that's it. Once you start to talk to yourself and become your friend, you're going to care more about yourself. You're going to want to do better for yourself. And then it's a self-esteem thing and it builds, it builds, it builds, it builds it up. Myself, I didn't have self-esteem at all when I was in, you know, the, that situation, it was a fucking weird one. And I, I'm excited to get into it and into the weird nitty gritty fucking weird bit. Absolutely. about it um but that would be that would absolutely be my advice for either um daddy issues talk to yourself i also do i completely believe in therapy yeah. therapist 100 percent um but you need to know you need to know who you are not know what your purpose is not know what you want in five years just just like in there how would you react in a situation X, Y, and Z? Yeah. You know? Literally. You're you're so strong. Um, I do want to get into something really fun really quick because you also brought this to my attention about a week ago. But yes. before I switch topics, I just want to say you're fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm like <laughs> tearing up, to be no, honest. <laughs> you're so strong, yo. I always knew you were a badass, but... <laughs> there's a reason why when I met you you were a badass because you had this history so yeah um, <laughs> yeah I'm like it's so funny when you meet someone right and then you don't even know like their childhood or teenage years or anything like that and then you yeah. hear their story you're like oh wow this is all from these experiences and how you you uh what's the right word I'm looking for uh constructed your life from that you know um so yeah. I'm you. but speaking about things that like you could even help open my eyes more too uh you are a very central person. You you own your sexuality, which I fucking love. Um, and I we need more women and, and non-binary people and even gay men to do that, right? And not be scared of that yeah. and hold back. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I've been discovering more my sexuality and sensuality. Like I, I am gay, but I, 
I'm tired of trying to fit in as that gay that like needs to go to a sex party or, you know, needs to fuck this many guys or get on Grindr and have a hookup where I don't even know their name. For me, that hurts yep. my heart. I'm, I'm very old school in the sense of like demisexual, I learned finally where I need a romantic connection. Yay! So, yeah, I'm so it. proud of that journey for you. Seriously. You Enlighten me a little bit. I, I know you messaged me on Facebook saying that like, you know, this is something you uh, relate to. And I would love yep. to just know a little bit about like your experience and identity with it. So honestly, I really struggled um, to understand that in regard to me and what that meant. And for a very long time, I thought that something was wrong with me. Um, Right? I I, honestly, and I'm like- Literally, yeah. I was like, am I I full gay? Am I weird? Because I don't do sex parties or stuff. And I'm like- Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm like, am I weird that I don't want to be slapped in the face with a brick while you're choking me? I'm like, I I don't like, sorry about it. And it's, (laughs) it's, it's, and I'm serious. Like, and it's not a bad thing to want those things. I I feel like, I feel like there was something wrong with me, especially when I'm seeing all over every social media platform, hyper-sexualized situations people all the things and I'm like I really like once I discovered my sexuality and like like who I am in that and what I like what I don't like and and I had mentioned before like um I really started to become like sexually active when I was about 21 mm-hmm. um and I would say from from then on I was like oh my god I love sex like I want to do sex stuff and I was always in a relationship and they like didn't want to have sex with me. And I'm like, I was always, always, always craving these things. And I'm like, and I never went outside of the relationship. I, but I constantly thought like, what's wrong with me? They don't want to have sex with me. Why do you want to have sex with me? I, I think I'm so hot. And I think that you're so hot. Like, why don't we want to have like hot sex? And it was just a very strange dynamic. Um, and then each relationship I kept seeing, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, is there a thing? Is something happening? Um, the super terrible guy that shot me relationship. Our sex was good, but it wasn't on my terms. So that was probably the most sexual relationship that I had had. Um, but like, I didn't have a choice in it. So and I not going to use the R word because it, it wasn't necessarily that I was resistant and I, you were not allowed to say no. Um, with that being said, it's when it happened, I had to welcome it type of thing. But it, so at that point, all of the other partners that I had had, like, didn't really want to get like have sex with me. And I'm like, are they seeing other people? Like, I don't know, whatever. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, he wants to have sex like a lot. This is great. Like, this is what I wanted. Right. So, um, but since then, and I don't, I'm not even sure where any of this happened, but I've had a relationship after that and had a relationship after that and still pretty, like really demanding on the whole sex thing. And then something switched and I'm like, I don't want that. 
I, I, I can do that on my own. And I know that that sounds kind of crazy. It's not but crazy. You can do it better on your own. And faster. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I was like, I've given myself some of the best orgasms compared to others. You know what? Yeah. No, honest, honestly. And it's, and it's not a, a, a like a dig to the person that yeah. you're with, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like my, my brain and my body want more from my partner than just that. Well, I think it's just the way we're wired, you and I. Like, I think we, that's yeah. what we respect for ourselves. And yeah. going back to where you were hypersexual, um, maybe this whole time you were Demi and you were just forcing yourself to not be weird, right? Because I maybe. definitely had a moment for two years straight where I had a threesome, I had a foursome. I went right. on Grindr, I went to a guy's house, I didn't even know his name, but then I would go home crying. And I'm like, why do I feel so empty? Because I was, yep. I, for me, the way I'm wired with sex is I don't do that. So I felt used, you know? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired of trying to be what hypersexual society is showing me, like what is the cool gay or, or whatever your sexuality is, like whatever that hypersexual media you see. Yeah. Um, for me, no, I, 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 I want to know your name and like, <laughs> the color before you, I have your dick in my mouth. It's, you know, that's, yep. That's yeah. what I need that. I need that. I need to bond with you before I exchange energies with you. I don't want to, I don't want you physically inside of me. And then, and then, and then what? I, I am really very, very big into energies. I'm big energy thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. And, and I also feel that things can attach to you. Oh, Um, and I don't want that. This is a very, very, very hookup-y time to be alive where people are just like, oh, I don't care, but they're craving something else. It's yes. not that they're craving a sex. Nope. One, nope. one sex, please. That's, that's not what it is. And then There's other get things- energy though, because if it's baggage shit or if it's <laughs> emptiness or avoidance, you and I are picking up energy. And if someone's in us or, you know, I'm in them or whatever, it's, you're, you're picking that up and that shit could stay with you for a while. Like, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want, want it either. Like <laughs> if I have to put Palo Santo in me as a dildo, I'm gonna cleanse out my body. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm gonna have my crystals charging and then insert them. Wait, <laughs> they have like amethyst dildos. I just thought about that. They actually do. They have that and rose quartz. <laughs> yep. No, they, they definitely do. And I'm like clean it out. Okay. Yes. Give me that. Like, but it's yes. So it's I I need a bond, and I always I always needed that. But but I am so now particular where yeah. I'm just like I can find somebody attractive. Like I don't know, that person is very good looking. I don't. That does not mean I want to have sex with that person. That's not that's not how I that's not how I work. That's not how my brain works. And it's yeah. funny because like growing up like thinking back to growing to growing up in middle school and high school and you're like oh my god I love Brad Pitt oh my god I would let him do anything to me and I'm like I wouldn't (laughs) and I'm sorry Brad Pitt this is just like an example um it's just like I just I don't I never I'm like I don't know that person I don't want I don't want those things and I mean that's why I always like anybody that I've really had a relationship with I'm like y'all never need to worry because about like cheating because I'm like I have to know who that I have to I I wouldn't even be with you if I was giving enough time to know somebody to want to be sexual with them 
girl, the guy I'm talking to right now, he's going away for a few weeks in January. And he said the same thing. He's like, you know, we're not fully exclusive yet. You could still have fun. And I'm like, girl, what fun? I was like, I can't even get a blowjob because I need to be, I can't, like, maybe, I, like you said, I get to find someone attractive, maybe kiss a friend, but that's it. Anything besides <laughs> kissing and hugging, I, I can't do. So I was like, you never have to worry about me cheating. Because even like as an yep. artist, if I'm in LA shooting something, I'm not going to fuck anyone because I... Um, I, unless I'm gonna try to pursue another boyfriend and break up with you, that's the only way I'm gonna have yeah. sex because I have to meet someone else. Right. Uh, exactly. I'm, yeah. This conversation needs to happen more, by the way, because I feel like, we, yeah, it's not talked about enough. You know, it's so weird because, like, yeah. you look at like old romance movies and like that technically is demisexual, is like the one you fall in love with and then you get to know yeah. and you feel safe energy and then you have sex. And it's like, yeah. I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> we are it went, goodbye. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right what now we're like, if you're not fully open-minded or sex positive, there's something wrong with you. And I'm I'm over here like, listen, you, I'm sex positive. Like I, I'll support if you want to go to sex parties and have foursomes and be poly. Yes. But like, yes. don't shame me because I want one-on-one. Yes. Or, oh my God, can I even say, like, people get very, very shamed about the, 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 the style in which they have their sexual experience. And I'm like, listen, if anybody fucking shamed me for enjoying missionary, I'm sorry that I'm sorry for you. I don't, I. Isn't a part of sex positive like also accepting people like us that want a romantic connection and like maybe basic positions (laughs) like like I'm okay being I'm okay being basic I don't mind well that guy two days ago I was like I'm pretty vanilla (laughs) I'm like like, oh my god I didn't like having sex and cuddling like it's okay (laughs) literally as people will be like oh you have all these tattoos blah 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 you must be fucking crazy in bed I'm like I'm not nope I'm really I am very vanilla <laughs> people are like yeah right um like i have my ass out on instagram and i'm twerking and i'm like you know fun <laughs> and whatever and everyone's thinking i'm like this like whore with no shade to like hoeing out but like yeah, no I'm over here no, like, no. no i like one-on-one intimacy i don't like the threesomes that y'all think on instagram i'm doing every weekend <laughs> oh my god oh so that actually reminds me i had there was somebody i was single at the time and i was uh finding myself this is after the fucked up shooting relationship um and I was I was I was discovering who I was I I was who am I I was what do I like to do for a job I was where do I want to live all of those things really truly like finding out who I am and so this dude that I was I could say I was definitely interested in I thought he's very cute did not have um a connection with with him I wanted to force one but whatever, that's whatever. That's a different story. I've been this. Yep. It's terrible because you're like, I really, really, really want to like you, but I don't. <laughs> We're energy people. If you just don't, you don't. I'm sorry. Like there's okay. no like push on it. No, but um, he texted me one day and he was like, oh God. He was like, hey, he was like, I was just telling one of my friends how hot you are. And mind you, and I could send you a picture of what I looked like at that time. I had jet black hair, one side shaved and like was starting my tattoo journey. So I didn't, I, I didn't have stretched ears yet. Nothing like that. I didn't have any of that, whatever. So I looked a little different than I do now. Not a bad thing. Just trying to paint a picture. Um, 
and he's like uh, talking to my friend about how high you are and I was just like oh my god thanks literally in a text message like, oh my god thanks because I was like wow he's really cool and he thinks that that's so cool like, <laughs> okay and then he goes yeah he wants to know if you want to have a threesome with us and I'm like I don't want to have a threesome with get it out <laughs> I don't and I needed it oh my god I needed advice on like what to say because I'm like again I felt like a baby in this now super hypersexual world and I didn't know you feel the the like pressure of saying like you you have to say yes because then you're like the lame one when everyone else is that's how I got into a foursome on accident because Uh, I I love my accident like guy and I was so into him and then I didn't want to say no to seem like a prude but like it seemed like it'd be yep. a thing so I was like yep. well, him, the two guys were with them and then it turned into a thing where they would try to be with me and then I just backed away and ran out of the room I couldn't that been- I like left I was like I'm not even into the other two and you're touching me like these are my private areas no yes I was like, I'm yes. out. and now I don't feel safe yes uh yeah when that mind switches like that too yeah oh, it's a switch like a boop no I am, yep. I'm glad, you know, when I have you back on, I really want to keep talking about this too, though, because like, it's something that I'm going to be not, I wouldn't say exploring, it's like actually who I've always been. I've always been, I mean, I think I suppressed it for so long, but yeah. it's cool dating now being aware of this and yes. the way I yes. you know, flirt or meet people, it's a very more awareness. So much more yep. awareness to say, and I am, um, I'm just excited to own it and also not be afraid. Yes. I'm, like, I, I'm just like, basic guy with a big heart and that's <laughs> like which people I feel like I feel like that's like rare now <laughs> yes uh, what happened <laughs> but it's 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 I feel like there's a lot of other people to, to kind of to a point that you made earlier that they I feel like people don't know mm-hmm. that they feel just how we feel and they're like I yes. feel like everything is over over sexualized like even our music I I'm that person where I'm like, I fucking hate a lot of the music right now because it's as much as I really enjoy the beats or it's sick or whatever. I'm like, I, I don't like the words. I just, I just don't. So I can't, it's hard for me to get behind it. And I'm like that, but that also is in line with how I actually feel as a sexual being is that it's not, it's not feeding me. So I don't want to be a part of it. So I, 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 yeah, I definitely would love to like talk about this more, especially the journey of trying to understand. Cause it's like, you're now understanding yourself and how you operate like this. Like you're now on a different level I of am. understanding yourself. It is so empowering. Yeah. Okay. Before yeah. we even keep going on further, we will have a part two of this. <laughs> but yes. um, I'm so happy that you were on this and you're going to be on it again and again, because you are so fascinating. Also, I, when we're offline, I got to tell you more stuff that I have ideas for us, but uh, (laughs) thank you so much for sharing your story. Okay. I I truly appreciate it. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Anana Tings.